Welcome to our Young Adults Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, today is Tuesday, January 10th, and we're going to get started. So, like always, we have an agenda. Our agenda never changes. Um, it is, we have our welcome, we do our recap, uh, the prayer journal, that's something that we do, and then we get into our lesson. After our lesson, we do some prayer. Um, so, we're not actually going to do the prayer journal during our podcast. I would say that we do it five minutes beforehand, but I just want to mention once again what our prayer journal is. So everybody should have a document or a notebook or a physical journal where you take time to write down. There it is. Yeah. You take time to write down uh, a prayer for this week. And the thing that needs to go into your prayer journal is the date praising God for who he is, so acknowledging who God is, asking for forgiveness, um, and that could be for yourself, for your city, for your family, um, pray for God's will over your life, and then finally, prayer requests. Um, yes, prayer requests should come last, um, but yes, those are the things that we're writing down, just so that at the end of the year, we can have a personal journal of our prayers and how God has responded to them. So let's move on. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about if you could ask God one question, what would it be? So if you could ask God one question, what would it be? Now, we also have on our Instagram, RCF Ministries Instagram, we post these questions or the topics that are going to be for the next week. So we posted this question, and just because of time, we're going to start off with the the responses that we got to that post. So the questions we got from there, that's what we're going to hit on today. If we have extra time, then we'll go through some ones that weren't written, but I do want to give priority to the people who responded to those. Um, so let's go ahead and do our recap. Does anyone remember what we talked about last week? This is where I cue my Jeopardy music. So I wasn't here last week, so. Oh, okay. So I'll give, I a pass. I'll give us a recap of what last week was. All right. So last week we talked about the importance of children. And we talked about um, not just kids as in children that go to church, but young Christians. And how important it is for us to reach out to those people who aren't exactly living like um, we would expect or living like Christ, not not living Christ-like, but just have like a, a glimpse of Christ in their life. So that person that says God knows my heart or that person who's just struggling but has like one verse, um, how, how important it is to reach out to them to represent Christ in their life because um, God talks about if you do, it's better for you to tie um, a rock around your neck and throw yourself in the ocean than to cause one of these little ones to stray. And when they asked who is the most important in his kingdom, he, he, he took a child and said, unless you become like this child, you will not get into the kingdom. And just what that looks like of, not overlooking 
the person who is new in Christ, um, leaving the 99 for the one. And also that our Bible study should be, um, it should be a pit stop. It should be a, a gas station for us to fill up and go out because it shouldn't be about just us. It's better to give than to receive. So the little bit that we do receive in our one hour um, of you know, being distracted by God, it's better for us to go out and give that. So that was just a recap of last week. This week, it's going to be, if you could ask God one question, what will it be? And I'm thinking that this might be something that we come back to at least every other month. Um, We'll see, because it's such a great topic. And every time we ask, we always get different questions. So getting right into it. Um, The first question that we received was, um, why can't the babies and children be spared from violent deaths? Why can't the babies and children's be in the children's and the children be spared from violent deaths? So if you could ask God one question, um, one, some, somebody posted that on our Instagram. And so I'm going to go ahead and encourage us to open up our, uh, document or open up the Bible, and we're going to get into that. So the first verse that I want to touch on is Genesis 7, 21 through 24. Genesis 7, 21 through 24. If you do not have access to the document, I went ahead and put the link in the chat. Um, It's called the YAM, uh, the Young Adults Ministry. Uh, document. So that's where you'll find all the lessons that we go through. That's where you can find out what we did last week as well. All right. So I'm just going to go into it. Why can't the babies and children be spared from violent deaths? It's a great question. I feel like a lot of people would ask a similar question, which is why is there so much violence in the world? Um, Genesis 7, 21 through 24. Uh, Ro, do you have that or do you want me to read it? Um, I'm just trying to open my Bible real quick. Um, Genesis. I'm just trying to get a closer walk. Yeah. Genesis 7, 21 through 24. Oh, my bad. Genesis 7. <laughs> we all getting in this. Like, Man, I'm just trying to just trying to live. No, I, I did. Right. I did so many numbers this week. So I just like numbers just floating <laughs> all tired, around. Bro. Bro, you're asking me why, why, why is there children's death? And I'm just trying to eat my sandwich. Like, come on, bro. Oh, uh, no. So I'm, I already, I already been through it. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm good on the sandwich. So it's a uh, Genesis uh, 7, 21, right? 21 through 24. Yeah. And, w- and tell us what version you're reading. through 24. All right, so I'm I'm reading. I like the MSG. That's like my go-to okay. uh, um, Bible version. But mm-hmm. it doesn't have you know just 21. It, it has 13 to 16, um, 17 to 23. Okay, go do that one. 17 to 23. So I'm just gonna do 17 to 23, right? Mm-hmm. Is that okay with us? Yes. Okay. The flood continued 40 days, and the waters rose and lifted the ship high over the earth the waters kept rising the flood deepened deepened on the earth the sheep floated on the surface the flood got worse until all the highest mountains were covered the high water mark the high water mark reached 20 feet above the crest of the mountains everything died anything that moved dead birds 
fam, farm animals, wild animals, the entire teeming exuberance of life, dead. And all people, dead. Every living, breathing creature that lived on dry land died. He wiped out the whole works, people and animals, crawling creatures and flying birds, every last one of them, gone. Only Noah and his family on the ship lived. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a message right there. Um, I'm gonna read the NIV, um, 21 through 24. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds and cattle and beasts and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life, all that was on dry land died. So he destroyed all living things which were on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping things and birds of the air. They were destroyed from earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. And the waters prevailed on earth for 150 days. Um, yeah. So before we answer that question, um, I just want to give a picture of, you know, who we're talking about, who we're, you know, yeah, who are you talking, who are you talking about? Like, the question is, why do things happen to babies and children? Um, and so this is an example of something that actually happened. Um, everybody died except for Noah and his family. Next, I'm going to go to Second Kings 6, 26 through 31. And I'm sure that this is something that most people haven't ever heard quoted in any type of sermon at any church. Um, if you have, let me know about it. I want to hear. Like and subscribe. Um, all right. So Second <laughs> Kings Second Kings 6, 26 through 31 says, Then as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, If the lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? Then the king said to her, what is troubling you? And so, you know, just that part right there is like, if God ain't helping you, what can I do? But, you know, what's going on? And she answered, this woman said to me, give your son that we may eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him. And I said to her on the next day, Give your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. First time I heard that, I kind of just chuckled. I've actually heard that before. I've actually heard that being preached before. I, I chuckled just because I'm like, did you really think that she's going to give you her son? Like, <laughs> we ate I mean, my son. But, but it's, I mean, it's an she, agreement, right? Where, where, where's, yeah. where's the honor, man? She, they're eating their kids. <laughs> and you can be like, where's the honor? So I'm going to keep going. Now it happened when the king heard the words from the woman that he tore his clothes. And as he passed by on the wall, the people looked. And there underneath he had a sackcloth, sackcloth on his body. Then he said, God do so to me and more also if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today. So just a note, sackcloth came... Uh, to mean a garment too, made from such cloth, which was worn as a token of mourning by the Israelites. So the king 
is going around the wall to see the whole city and somebody's yelling out, help me. And he's like, if God ain't helping you, what can what help can I do? And she says, I need you to help me because I'm looking for this woman who's hidden her son from me to eat, basically. And because we ate my son yesterday and it's, you know, it's time for her, you know, give up that, give up the neck bones. Um, and he said, basically, I am going to kill Elisha. Mark my words. If his head is still on his body at the end of this day, something's wrong. So who is Elisha? Elijah's a prophet. So these are, quote unquote, God's people mad at God's prophet and mad at basically the church. Um, it's always good to know the situation of what's going on. I believe Elisha had prophesied years of famine um, until they got right. And during these years of famine, things got really tough to where people are eating their kids. Um, this is in the Bible. Now, the reason I shared these two scriptures is to say, when God created man, this is a scripture I didn't put in here. Um, he gave man and woman dominion over the earth, dominion over the earth to rule the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and one of the things that we do not realize as humans is how much, number one, power God has given to us, and two, how much we are all connected. One of the wages of sin is death, and um, or the wages of sin is death. And so in our power, in our dominion, in our free will, people have the right to choose to do some horrendous things some terrible things. These kids had no mercy. Well, the second one did, but the first one, he didn't have any mercy with there, you know, for, for lack of time, there are other verses and scriptures we can use. We could talk about the angel of death that came for the Hebrews and God told them to put the lamb's blood on the door. Um, and the angel of death would pass over. But for all those who didn't, God took their firstborn son and so there was wailing and weeping in the city. Um, these are things that happen in the Bible. We could also talk about uh, Job and the things that happened to him in his life. But I shared just these two to show <clears throat> when we're asking a question, we have to know who we're talking to. Because the person we're talking to, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're pumping your gas and you accidentally go to pay and you bump into somebody who is the head of mafia and you know it are you going to jump bad with that person or are you going to be like you know what it's okay never mind um you size up the person and determine how you're going to respond now not to compare the god of the universe to a mafia member but Everything is his. A better example would be this. <clears throat> How many of you all have a router in your house for Wi-Fi? Back in the day, so everybody raise their hand. Back in the day, uh, when you know, when I was a kid, there used to be cable where some people would like sift the cable with a splitter from their neighbors in order to get television. Um, but now I'm using the example of Wi-Fi because if you have do you have a password on your Wi-Fi? Yes. 
We all have passwords on our Wi-Fi. Um, if you didn't, yes. anybody anybody could use it, right? They could just use it. What would happen one day if your internet was just so slow because there was a bunch of people downloading things and everything was slow that you were just like, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. So you just unplug it. How would you feel if those people knocked on your door and started complaining that you unplugged your Wi-Fi that they didn't pay for? How, how would you feel? I mean, first of all, you're freeloading. I say, get that, get that, get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stop you right there because that is perfect. Because I feel like I feel like that's that's basically God's response. Like we're like, how come this this is happening to people on Earth? And He's like, first of all, you're freeloading. <laughs> like, like everything is mine. Like you wouldn't even know what life was if I didn't breathe into you all. And you have caused me so much pain, so much damage. The only reason that I'm not destroying you like I did Sodom and Gomorrah, like I did everyone on the earth. I mean, wh- why Why did the little dogs have to get it, too, because people were sitting on the earth? Like, just think of the cutest little, like, I don't know, puss in boots or something that you can imagine. They had to get it, too, because of everybody who was living on sin, living in sin on the earth, because we do have dominion and we are all connected. And so God's saying... Before you approach me, like one of the one of the st- topics I really wanted to get into was Job, because God's response to his questioning of everything horrible was happening to him was basically destri- describing a dinosaur and saying, you can't even approach this being without dying. So I made that. If you can't even step up to this being, why are you even talking to me? That was his response. And it's kind of like, okay, let me, you know, let me see who I'm talking to. Um, (laughs) You're freeloaded. But in his compassion, he continues. It doesn't just end there because some people would say, well, man, I don't want to serve that kind of God. Uh, The truth is, there is a day where every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. We won't have a choice. Um, When you're, when, when we die... And we realize that our life was a gift and that in order for us to have life again, someone has to give us a body. God has to give us life. That's when stuff gets real. That's when people are like, okay, I realize I have no control. I realize this is not my Wi-Fi. Um, I would even say it like this. Let's say you turn on your computer and you have a, you know, you're playing a game like The Sims or something and you have just characters. If you turn off your computer, they cease to exist. And the only way that they can start doing what they do again is if you plug that computer back in. That is a good example of our lives and our spirits. Like when God turns his comp- the computer of our lives off, we're done. When he turns it, he has to plug it back in and turn it back on for us to even start. Um, but in his compassion, he did write Matthew 5, 1 through 12, which um, reads this. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain and when he was seated, when wait, let me try to learn how to read again. Okay. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. One of the things that we can only see is like being fish in a tank or being one of these simulated um, creatures on a computer. Imagine you being the owner of the computer and you have to unplug the computer because there's a lot of viruses. If you were something that was created to only live in that computer space and God pulled you out of the computer and made you a real person outside of the computer, how would you feel? One, you would be amazed that a computer even existed. Two, you would be amazed by the whole world outside of The Sims, outside of the computer. And three, would you still be worried about all the problems inside of the computer if God pulled you out of it and made you a different being outside of it? Think about that. What, what do you guys think? No. You'd be like, this is a whole new world. My whole world was just in this computer simulation, and now I'm in real life. So one of the things that God created the Bible um, for was to show us this is just to help you get out of this world that you know of. Um, on the other side, there is a whole nother world and a whole nother dimension, which is my kingdom that you have no idea about. And once you see it, you're not going to be worried about anything that was going on in the simulation. Um, that leads to our next question, which was, do, 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 do. God, could you show me what heaven looks like? All right. It's looking like me and you. Yeah. Um, can you show me what heaven looks like? This one, I didn't put scriptures on here because the answer is God was a read revelation, um, and read the second part of Jeremiah and, um, there's some other books that get into it because most people who have seen it in the Bible that are writing about it don't know how to describe it because there are things that they have never seen before. Um, I wrote that question. Yes, you did. I wrote that ah, question from like that perspective. sounded like a whole question anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote it from that perspective, though. I want I want to see things that cannot be written in the Word. Mm-hmm. I want that firsthand experience. So I will, I, will, I will pray for you for that because... Um, yes. I got that one. Let me look forward to the afterlife, Lord, because I'm living beyond this vessel. I'm coming to you, Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I actually, that happened to me once. Um, and mm-hmm. I'll share a little bit about that. But one of the reasons why it is the last book of the Bible and just in certain parts is because in our brains, there's this chemical called oxytocin and it is released for various reasons, but one of those is happiness and joy. So when you when you have a plan to do something in your life, like you say, I want to be a I want to be a homeowner, I want to be successful, and you tell people about your plans, a little you bit you of mean serotonin. Yeah, there we go. Serot I'm gonna look at that. I might be ser- it might be serotonin. I think it's oxytocin, but I 
Um, I think it's uh, is it oxytocin? I, I know because I know oxytocin is, is the one that get released when you when when you when you eat and then makes you sleepy. Okay, I'll look into that. Um, it might be serotonin, but I think it's oxytocin. I know oxytocin is released in a bunch of other reasons as well, but um, yeah, that's hormone good. for euphoria. Yeah, which one is it? Is it serotonin? Um, oh, I wasn't looking at. Okay, was yeah, I'll look into that. It's it's one of those. Context. Let me look it up. Yeah. But the same chemical is released when you complete a goal that is released when you talk about it. Um, so a lot of people get joy talking about it and just live in their happiness without actually ever doing it. This can be a drug that people self-medicate. And oh, endorphins. Endorphins. Okay. It's well, like they they call up. There's a lot of them that are happy yeah, hormones. Yeah, there's a lot of them. But oxytocin is the love hormone. Yeah. Endorphins is like that pain reliever hormone. Yeah, it's not endorphins. It might Serotonin be. Serotonin is your mood hormone. Yeah. So. And dopamine is the feel good hormone. It might be a little bit of dopamine. That probably is the one. I think it's. I think, I think it's, it's dopamine. dopamine. We're gonna go it, with it, that. It be do- yeah, it's dopamine. Um. And and the Fresh thing that. is, when you when you when you just share something or when you read something happy, yeah, you can so just weird. live off of that feeling and never actually complete it. Um, yeah. Drug addicts, the reason why dope got its name is because they can put this drug in them and then just go mm-hmm. to a happy place or a place where they just feel a certain way that they never have mm-hmm. to accomplish it. It's like a shortcut to a to a fantasy. Um, so, as Christians, we have to be careful not to fantasize about things that we can't see and forget about the person outside that we can see. Um, so uh, it's, it's very important for us to know, but realize God only, he put the stuff that we need to get to heaven and to help other people get there. Um, but don't just, you know, some people are like, God, just take me now. I'm just going to go and, and wait and, you know, wait on you. And he's like, man, I, but I sent you to earth for a reason. There's so much that I want you to do. I don't want you to just go in your house and be living on the fantasy of seeing me one day that you forget to help other people. So that's why it's not mentioned too much. But I will share just a little bit about my personal dream. Um, this was not. Well, I mean, th- th- I'm, this just is for me. So just take it for, you know, a grain of salt. Um, basically. Long story short, I was at a um, I was at a um, a boys and girls club helping people out, and some people got to fighting outside. Um, so someone called the cops, and they get there and they arrest me, and put me. They tie me down in a chair and they're um, interrogating me, and I'm I'm trying to tell them that it wasn't me they have the wrong person it was actually some other people that were fighting and the more i resisted the tighter the constraints got then they put a bag over my head and just were yelling at me doing a bunch of things and the more i resisted the tighter it got and it got really cold um then they um stripped me down and i was just there hollering and then all of a sudden it stopped. It stopped and I was on a beach and um, I saw people on the beach that kind of looked like me, but I didn't know who they were, but they were looking at me like they knew who I was. 
and I realized that they were family members. Um, the sound that I can describe, even though it wasn't silence, the closest word that we have is silence, but it was what peace would sound like. The only word that I can think of is silence, but it wasn't silence. It was what peace actually sounds like. And I'm on this island. I can start to hear the waves and there's this light source that is so bright. Um, it's, there's no like visual, visual sun, but it's just like light everywhere, just bright. And I just feel extremely calm and I'm like, whoa, I think I just died. Um, <laughs> and I woke up from the dream um, and I'm, I, I shared that dream with, with, with some family members or with a family member that's, that has cancer and um, stage three or four cancer, um, just to let them know anything that we can see on this side is through a dirty mirror. But you have no idea that when you get to the other side, the first thing you think of is, oh, it's all right. It's okay. I can't wait for other people to get here. And the people that were there waiting for me knew who I was, but I didn't know who they were. And that was the image that God gave me saying, you have no idea how much, how, how peaceful it is and how wonderful it is on the other side. I, cause once you're there, you're there and it's outside of time. But, um, don't worry about that. What I need you to do is help get people to see who I am. Because once you're there, the first thing you want to do is be like, oh, it's okay. Now let me just wait for people. But you got to cross over to it. Um, I saw your hand raise, Ro. Oh, yeah. Um, I also just wanted to add that that, um, that outlook of you know passing and crossing over is different if you are not saved yes so you 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 got to be on the beach with perfect you know and the word that you you described it with is peace very different exactly the entire scenery is different the environment is different you know the feeling is different what you hear is different what you hear because you're saved and you're just you know an an overall good person at least you try to be and god sees Mm -hmm. that you try to be and God is showing you that your transition is going to be to a peaceful place, seeing people that you love who who are, like you said, you couldn't recognize them, but they were looking at you like they knew you, which mm-hmm. meant that they were probably, I'm assuming they're, pro- they're approaching you, also giving you that, you know, that homely feel that kind of settled you like, okay, these are familiar folks, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But if you're not saved and you've lived your life recklessly without getting saved before that, that you know, occurrence was to happen... Mm-hmm. Your entire vision, your entire scenery, the environment that you will transition into will not be that beach no. and will not be that peaceful. Also, I, I also want to state I have not had that encounter before, mm-hmm. but I know also that for some people, the beach might not be where you go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, it okay. could be somewhere else. It could be something that is it could be it, it will be i'm assuming it's going to be something that signifies peace in your life it's going to be something that you're familiar with this that just for you signifies peace now this this significance might not be something you're actually aware or conscious of mm-hmm. but it's in that moment that you realize oh this is my definition of what peace is mm-hmm. 
But I just thought to put that out there that if you're not saved, don't think that you're going to get, you pro, you know, you're not no, going to get that same. You're not, not going to be in that same scenery. Someone's not going to greet you with some pina, pina colada by the <laughs> beach or whatever. No, it's no. not going to be like, no. Yeah. In fact, I actually had the opposite spectrum dream. Like I actually had the, mm-hmm. the non-believer dream mm-hmm. and it was not fun at all. I had a, um, I had a friend who we just asked him, you know, we were asking everybody, how'd you get saved? And he said, well, I got saved because I have a heart murmur and my heart would stop. And so they had to put this device in my chest that would not me, but my friend talking. He said that basically sends an electric pulse to my heart to make it start again. Um, But he said before he had that, he died. And that's why he became a Christian. So we're like, okay, yeah, whatever. And he's like, no. And we're on our way to church and he's telling us the story. He's, you know, very young in his late 20s, early 30s. And he said, this will happen. I was at my grandmother's house and um, I was sitting around with everyone. And I saw this guy in a suit standing in the corner of my house. He's like, I wasn't a Christian at the time. Um, This guy in a suit standing in the corner and his eyes were just deep and dark. And he was looking at me and he had a tie on. And he said, "Um, I ended up on the floor and the first thing I felt was being bound. The first thing I felt was that my hands were bound and then I was pulled back through the floor and just started falling. He said, I had no control over my body at all. It was, I was just bound. And as I was falling, um, the next thing I realized was once again, I was back on the floor and my family was over me and they were just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And he said he woke up and they were just like crying and everything. And they're like, the first thing he said is, where's the guy that was standing in the corner? Um, And he said, the guy, he described him, he said he just had this look of pure hatred on his face and his eyes were just sunk in so deep. Um, He said that scared me so much that I couldn't go to sleep for a long time because he felt like if he went to sleep, he might die because his heart would stop. And so he had anxiety and he couldn't sleep and finally got the operation um, and got the, the, this device to put in his heart that shocks it back. And then he said he ended up going to church and that's how he got saved. And he didn't realize that until after he got saved, what that was. Um, This is not in the Bible. This is just his story. But there are stories in the Bible of the man who um, was a rich man and, and wanted to go back and tell people um, if, if I could just go back, if I could just get, you know, a tip of water on your finger to put on my tongue. And uh, basically the angel said to him, first of all, where you are, you can't get back. There's, it's physically impossible. And two, and if, even if you did, what makes you think that they would believe you? Or if they, they, had, they had all the prophets, they had all these people, they didn't believe them, so why would they believe you? Um, I just share, I wanted to share that because, uh, I don't, God, God doesn't want us to rule or to serve him out of fear. Um, that's why, uh, another reason why when a third of the angels were cast out of heaven to earth, he didn't just destroy them because he would have, if he would have just destroyed them, then all of, all of the rest of heaven would have basically been afraid of him and been like, we have no choice. If we, if we don't, he's going to destroy us. So he said, in love, I'm going to send them out because, um, go ahead, Ro, you had your hand raised. 
Uh, because I, was I don't want to add to. Yeah, I was going to add to what you were saying about um, God not destroying the angels. Yeah. So um, the devil. I mean, we we we, we pretty much know the story. We, we, we Christians, we we heard how that you know Lucifer rebelled, rebelled and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, God could have, and this were this was probably like one of the one of the questions that I asked my young pastor when I just you know gave my life to Christ in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. Like, if God was so powerful, right? And why? First of all, why did He allow rebellion? Number two, mm-hmm. if God is so omniscient omniscient that you know he knows everything um why didn't he foresee that there was going to be a rebellion Mm -hmm. but you see as i started to grow older and grow deeper in my knowledge of the spirit and the bible and even you know god as an entity i realized that yes god knows everything he's all-knowing he's all-present so when there was scheming he knew about it but guess what and this this also applies to all human life and and we as you know as people we think that we can outsmart God, but everything mm-hmm. that you think you're outsmarting God with, God is outplaying you. So Lucifer thought that he was going to outsmart and outplay God by taking like, you know, a, a whole legion of angels with him and, be, and turn them to demons. But what he didn't understand at the time is God always has a plan. Mm-hmm. So for everything it is that you, that you think that you're doing, God is turning that around to favor something or someone. You feel me? Yeah. So when 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 all that when all of those things happen in in heaven, they didn't know that they were part of a bigger plan, a bigger scheme that they were not aware. And that's God's superiority over every other being. You will not know God's plans. Mm-hmm. So if if they, they they thought they were doing you know whatever it was that they were doing, and God could have destroyed them, but God is not a wasteful entity. And He says, "I will not destroy this beautiful things that I created. I will use them for something greater. I will use this as a greater cause." So you want to go go all right it's okay but i got i will i have use for you yeah <laughs> i have use for you where i will use your deceit your backstabbing to bless someone to worship me that's true and you know just just a random uh not random but just an interesting fact tidbit uh people ask if someone asks you how many disciples were there do you guys know how many disciples there were Come on, y'all. It's not a hard question. It's not a trick question. How many disciples did Jesus have? <laughs> I like the cricket. Twelve. Twelve. Twelve is incorrect. Actually, it was thirteen. Read your word. So it was Dang, a trick question. I was gonna say thirteen. Yeah, it be- was a trick question. <laughs> it was. It was a trick question. <laughs> womp womp. The reason it was thirteen is because Judas had to be replaced. <laughs> yeah. Judas was. He was. No, re- it's still twelve. It's still twelve. It was twelve, but altogether on the, there was thirteen. Um, but when Judas died, they voted and got another one because it was important for them to go out, you know, by twos and stuff. Who is they? Is they Jesus? No. Then it was twelve. Oh no, what? it's not Jesus. No, his followers. Um, I think his name was um, what was his name? Joseph or something? Joseph. But or I'm something. saying the ones handpicked that were the original. Yeah, the one that was no, but no, there were twelve disciples. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there were thirteen because Jesus was replaced. So there was there was altogether there's thirteen. Uh, anyway, okay. anyway, I said thirteen in my head because I was counting Jesus. <laughs> uh, Jesus, it was, different it, reasoning. The word Christian means Christ-like or a little Christ. So he couldn't be a little version of himself. So Jesus was never a Christian. Um, yeah. So moving on. 
moving on. Um, on my watch, I have we've we've been going for forty minutes, so we got we got you know if you guys are cool with it, we got like twenty minutes more uh, from when we started. Um, next question was, let me get back on our on our uh, yam document. Um, let's see. I just, while 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 you're looking through that, um, yeah. I just want to say something based off of your analogy of being in a computer yes um there's a 2021 movie by ryan reynolds it's titled free guy yeah yeah (laughs) wow oh my goodness well i'm I'm about to watch that again like what if you just got saved and realized that you were in a simulation (laughs) and it's not just wow just you being in a simulation you're actually a non-playable character you're just wow. one of the guys who walk by. You can't get played. <laughs> Woo wee! You were chosen. You were created you in a way that you make just cannot exactly. get played. You cannot be. You cannot be used as a, exactly. You can't be used as a character in the you game. You can't be possessed by anyone. Just... <laughs> oh man, that's a whole another. That's, that's a, a whole another. That's a whole another podcast right there. Um, that that's amazing. I love that. Um, okay, so next question, uh, God, what is your plan for me? How am I to serve you? That is a great question. That is a question that all of us have. And if we could see Jesus, a lot of us would ask that. Um, Real quick, he would just be like, blam, look at my word. Jeremiah 29. uh, For thus says the Lord, after seven years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I um, that I have, or that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Uh, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. Um, and then Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 40 says, Jesus says to him, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So the question was, God, um, what do you, what is your plan for me and how am I to serve you? And God answers by saying, I have a plan for you, but you have to seek me. And so that wasn't the answer most people are looking for. They just want, I'm asking you what I should do. Tell me to do it. And and I know, but what God is saying is your purpose is to seek me because as the disciples, they didn't know what their purpose was, but they found it through seeking God. They're like, we don't know. He's calling us fishers of men and we're just going to follow him. So God is saying your purpose is not something I can just write out and then you leave me and do it. Your purpose is to walk with me as we do whatever I have called you to do together. And I will reveal it to you when the time is right. Hey, yes. Um, And seek me with all your heart because you need to be like a detective 
looking for a criminal. They look for the clues and they search. When you are looking for clues and you are searching God's word for stuff that plans that he has for you, because he's not just going to tell you what it is like, hey, go be a chef. Um, You have to search. And in your searching, you will find things that you had never thought about. I had no plan of living in Argentina for a decade. It was just as simple as trust me um, and go to this place. One person took me to a small Christian music school in Argentina. And as I was at that school, um, like a mustard seed, my path grew. Um, Being at that school, they said, hey, Nate, can you sing a song? And I'm like, if I suck, you'll never see me again. So why not? So I went and performed at this conference in Paraguay. And there were famous people there. And the director of the school was like, if you come back and study here, I'll give you a full scholarship, pay for the school and your housing. And I was like, no, I'm just visiting. So I came back to the States and then God put it on my heart. No, you got to do this. So I went back and studied at the School of Music and Ministry. And one thing I learned is even though I thought that I was going to share Christ with people, God said, no, I am inviting you to a VIP party of what I am doing and I want you to see it. And there is so much more to that story um, that I will share in future dates. For example, the time that I was with some people and just part of the camera crew for a missions trip. And God wanted me to pray for a taxi driver who couldn't hear out of his right ear. I prayed for him and his hearing came back right there in the taxi. And we even did the test. I was like, cover your ear. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? He's like, yes, I can. Thank you. I was like, no, don't thank me. Thank God. And it wasn't a long time that we had. It was just during the taxi ride. And I'm like, we are here as volunteers. There's a thousand of us that went out to the city to serve 50,000 people. And I'm just a cameraman and God used me to restore someone's hearing. I didn't feel anything go through me like, like, you know, a Hadoom kid or something from Street Fighter or anything like that. (laughs) It was just God saying greater things you all will do if you are faithful and go where I called you to do. So to answer that question. Yeah. What is it? Greater than him is in me or greater? No, you you will do greater things. You all will do greater things um, than I've done. Um, But what's that scripture? You're you're thinking of greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And this is something that he told the disciples later on when he said to them, you all will do greater than this when he was healing people. Um, Yeah. uh, Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. First of all, we're sorry. Sorry. Oh, thank you. Um, I was just going to add to what you were saying Mm -hmm. um, about, you know, God's plans and how the human mind works. And a conversation that I had with Steve, one of the guys who handles our camera in church. And by the way, Steve is perhaps one of the wisest people I've ever spoken with. Wow. Um, The human mind wants what it wants and it wants what it wants now. That's not how God operates. Um, understand if I was to answer that question, understand that God's plans are always elaborate. Now, elaborate can be simple. So let's cast our minds from what the dictionary, you know, explains as elaborate because it makes it look like it's something big. Sometimes God's plan is just as simple as walking into someone's life, but it's as simple as that, but the ripple effect is always elaborate. It's always so God, God is the only person who knows all that detail. So God cannot literally tell you, oh, this is my plan for you. You're going to be the president of the United States. No, he will have to, you know, pass you through 
a couple of processes for you to get to the finished product of president of the United States. Now, mm-hmm. that, that, that's that been said. Another thing that's important, which was something you mentioned about the disciples, was you didn't use the word, but surrender. Hey. Surrender. Most of the times, God has a plan, we fight it. We fight it unconsciously, and sometimes it's even conscious. We just, we, we just fight it. Oh, this is what my mind is telling me, but this is what I want to do. Okay. Now, that takes me to the conversation that I had with Steve a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was that we were, where we were at, but I was with Steve. And Nate knows Steve. I don't think Hope knows Steve. Eddie knows Steve as well, but awesome guy, wise guy. And he told me, I think it was the, it was, I think it was the men's meeting. It was, it was the first time I went to the men's meeting and they were planning to go to the retreat. And he talked to me. I don't remember what we're talking about, but he mentioned three things that he had to surrender. They stuck with me. Three things. Surrender of will, which he said was the toughest for him. Mm-hmm. Surrender of mind and surrender of body. So I think wait, the body wait, he those. said was repeat those again. Mm-hmm. That was Sur- good. Surrender of body, mm-hmm. surrender of mind, surrender of will. Mm-hmm. Those are the three things that he had to surrender, and the surrender of will was the toughest one for him. That stuck. Steve is an old guy, so by 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 nature, because of my African nature, old people are are, are supposed to be wise, but. Steve has proven to me that he's not just an old guy who's supposed to be wise. He's actually literally wise. Mm -hmm. And those things talk to me because I'm thinking at some point, I'm going to be Steve's age. Will I be able to say to younger people that I have at a point in my life gone through this three process of surrender? I doubt it. I'm stubborn. I haven't. But then I'm looking at Steve. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm looking at Steve and there's this peaceful aura about Steve to where, I mean, you, you know this guy, right? It's yeah. Nate. There's this peaceful aura around, around, around Steve that he doesn't stress. And I'm looking at him like, okay, if this guy's telling me he had to make this surrender, that he had to go through this process of surrender, I might give it a try. I haven't done any, but it's in my mind. I'm going to do it. But my point is this. God has a plan for you. You might need to go through this three process of surrender to get to, you know, the final destination that God has taken you through a plan. So God is not going to come and lay it on your lap and say, yes, I want you to be this, or this is my plan for you. You're going to be the greatest chef in the world. No, you have to pass through a process. And because God is a spiritual being, that process you might not be aware of. But if you surrender and you continue to use his guide, his manual, which is the Bible, and stay upright and just do the right things, then God's plans will manifest in your life. That's it. Wow. Um, hope you had something you want to say. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta snap after that one. Yeah, it was just piggybacking mm-hmm. off of what both of you guys were basically trying to say. Uh, but you can say it in so many ways. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and then mm-hmm. greater He is in me than is in this world. Basically, mm-hmm. like God is like the connector for things that are happening um and when we subject ourselves to his will as Ro just talked about the three forms of surrender then we embrace i think the the best discovery and the best versions of ourselves mm-hmm. as planned by his design for us in the first place it's like owning up to the fact that you have a story written already by somebody and you're just here to read about it 
and you're embracing each and every page, each and every word, each and every line, each and every chapter, mm-hmm. and until you get to the finish line. But your your destination and journey in reading that book, it ain't no it ain't no light work. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about a novel, pages upon pages upon pages, and I think when we invest in that wholeheartedly and accept that as our will, uh, it opens up the door for endless possibilities of what God truly has in store for each and every one of us, each individually. Hey, and um, that leads... I, I think the Bible oh, verse that... Oh, okay. No, go ahead. I think the Bible verse that uh, Nate was trying to mention was uh, John 14, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my, my, I'm not going to use MSG. Let me use... Um, let me use NIV. Uh, very truly, I tell you, who, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. That's what you uh, that yeah. was the one, right? Yeah. Okay. That's the one I saw with my own eyes when I prayed for this man and his hearing came back. I was like, whoa. I had my camera with me. I had a backpack. We were in the middle of nowhere, and I was like, we got to do this prayer really quick because we got to get moving. Um, that's what I saw, and I was like, "Wow!" And the wow. Bible is a testament to that. Think of all the great things a lot of people who have been chosen by God have done mm-hmm. that man physically find impossible to do. That's a true testament to the greater is He that is in me than is in this world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God literally is a testimony, a testament to the power that He wants to bestow upon us in acting as his descendants and his ambassadors so that other people can unlock this this thing called salvation hey and this thing it's just a, a little taste of god but if you get to see moses part the red sea like whoa bro like what else is there god has in store endless possibilities that's what's dope about jesus hey i'm just saying like they was walking for 40 years and they're and they're like tim's didn't mess up like they had the okay. same shoes. I what lived shoe that. You know, that was another the last that was, forty hey, years. That was another uh, testimony <laughs> that happened to me when I was in Argentina. I had to say I had the same jeans for like ten years, and I was like, God, these ten years they ain't ripped yet. As soon as I got back, you got a ripped. spiritual tailor that be on work. <laughs> I had a spiritual tailor. As soon as I got back home, the bad boys ripped. Yeah, he just always fixes it. Every time he go to sleep, it's right. He go to work. <laughs> you got angels holding in the like, threshold. Angels holding Woo. in your threshold. So it was time to just be like, oh, okay, I heard Simon. You know what they're called? They're actually called Angel and Co. Angel Threads and Co. Yeah, <laughs> that should be a new company, Angel Threads and Co. So, um, Co. I want to be mindful of our time. We have five minutes left. Um, the last question was god what would you like me to do what am i meant to do and i feel like we answered that already with god what is your plan for me um how am i to serve you so what would you like me to do is you know how am i to serve you and what am i meant to do same thing there so for for, you want to know what's crazy about that too that's also a scripture for i know i the plans i have for you say the lord plans not to harm you, but to prosper mm-hmm. you. Literally, God is saying, if you do my will, if you do my way. The same thing. The Israelites are a pure example of that. The yeah. 40 years they have to walk into the desert before they got to their destination. If yeah. you just follow my simple command, right? <laughs> I feel I like in, in, the, in the land of milk and honey. Like, in our day, it'd be like, God's just like, hear me out. Like, hey, just, just hear me out. Like, 
You keep You're asking so me the same question. But hear me out, man. That's <laughs> thin like from my my great 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 people yeah. that you can, like bestowed upon me. That That's took true. me a long time to get to my God. Like man, mm-hmm. if yeah. only I had known Jesus. Like I like I had known him before I was born, man. Like I wouldn't play no games. When I came out the womb, I was like, ah, Jesus, I've been baptized. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> you see this on me? It's living water. <laughs> uh, I watched my daughter's birth, and she didn't say none of that. <laughs> listen, listen. If God, if I had known oh, you, I'm putting this out there. Lord, you listening? You listening? If I had known you, oh, you know what's crazy? I came out the womb. You know what's That's crazy? my baptism right there. <laughs> you know what's Not crazy? People like hope who were like really, really, really stubborn when they were like when, when they were kids. Don't they, hold back. They be giving the folks a tough time. <laughs> Don't hold back. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I'm, I'm just saying, it, it's not a game. Jesus, if I had known you, if I had known you, when I should have known you, Lord, let my, me tell you, my daughter when she was Ooh. born. But you know now, but you know now, right? And, and you make it. I feel like I wasted years though. Like man, imagine if I oh, knew no, him no, at no. day one, Lord. I would have came out being like. So understand this hope. Jesus. I understand this hope. I don't. I think with God is nothing like waste. With yeah. with God, there is no wastage. Is no Everything way. has a purpose and a repurpose and a re-repurpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you you had to do all that time, yeah. you know, in you the wilderness to, to get here to mm-hmm. recognize that the wilderness is not where you want to be. Yeah, it's a disingenuous notion because it's just like to know God is to know life without God. So I had to get to this point in order to understand who he is. I had to see what life was like without him. So it's a disingenuous notion, but I'm just saying like, oh, man. Like, if I could be that person that just had, I'm basically asking to be Jesus, which is, like, impossible. Because he was only going to probably come out the moon like that. But it's just, like, I just feel really blessed to, to to know God. And I don't really even know him, know him like I should, but just to have a little taste of who he is. It's so sweet. It's so sweet, man. It's just so sweet. I would say this. Um that phrase made it into our notes. It's going to live forever in our notes. To know God is to know life without God. Um, that is definitely going to be a quote that lives in our, hey, I might even get that on a t-shirt, in our uh, <laughs> l- life threads and company. Um, so we got two minutes left. <laughs> About to go, I'm about to go uh, incorporate that right name, now. Bro. <laughs> I thought it was Angels Life. and Co. Oh, yeah, Angels <laughs> and Co. Life <laughs> Threads and Company. Angel uh, Threads and Co. You got to put the threads in there, guys. Come on, guys. Angel Threads oh, and Company uh, and Co. All right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really about to go incorporate these names, man. This is good stuff. Uh, prayer request. What prayer reca- request do we have? Um, I'm going to say, I pray for increase. Jabez. Um, we, I want more people to be connected um, to this because we're having a good time over here. And good thing is it's recorded so people can listen to it. But this is I, I haven't really been in a Bible study that has had this type of dynamic, this type. This just feels this feels different. This It just hits different. It slaps. Um, so I want, I want people to, I want people to, to get out, get, get, get some of these. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) young adult ministry. Maybe yamming. He's yamming all over the East six. Hey, hey, (laughs) sweet potatoes. Yeah. All right. Um, pray for increase. Um, what other prayer requests we have? Okay. Um, I want to. 
Go ahead. Oh, Go ahead. You know, you know, I just want to. Oh, no, no. Ladies first. Ladies first. Oh, thank you. I want to also take some time in our prayer to give thanks to God. I, mm-hmm. I more so always want to give thanks more so than ask a prayer request just because this Bible study got me hyped, first of all. Spiritual mm-hmm. nourishment on point. And um, I think everything that I've been doing has been in turn making me think about God, which I really, really like. Like the reason why I asked what does heaven look like is because I'm actually looking at property investment. But I'm not just thinking about like a secular home, right? I'm also thinking about spiritual home. So I was like, dang, I've read all these like little scriptures, passages. I've seen uh, uh, insects from books and stuff like that where people try to describe what heaven looks like to them. I said, Lord, can I have one of those kind of like visions? Mm -hmm. Can I have one of those? Like, can I like, like I went shopping on Sunday to look at investment properties. Can you show me? what an investment in heaven looks like. Like, I want to see, I want to see. So it's really cool how it just comes full circle. Everything that I do in a secular notion turns into a spiritual one that makes me just hey. so excited and pumped up about God and what he has in store for us and whatnot. So, yeah. So that, that made it to the list too. Um, property investment, what an investment in heaven looks like. Hey, mm. it's looking like me and you. It's Maverick City Music. Check out that song. Uh, it's good. It's called, I don't know what it's called, but it's like what heaven looks like. Um, what else per request, um, Ro? Yeah, um, I was gonna ask uh, that we pray for my um, manager at work, his family, uh, his brother-in-law, and yeah, his brother-in-law and his family got in a in an accident in a car in, in a car accident. I think they they got ran into by a truck. Then that that pushed them in water, and they were underwater for a couple of minutes. Um, Dang. Guys around were able to, you know, get to the car after like I want to say three to five minutes, and they checked in the back seat and saw that they had uh, an infant in the back. So they took out the infant first. So the infant is, fi- is fine. Um, the the sister, that's the sister of my manager. Um, she was taken out next. So she's she had, you know, bruises and everything, but she's out the hospital. But the uh, brother-in-law is still uh, in medically induced coma. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted us to uh, say what a prayer for him. Absolutely. You know? um, I'm going to put on here after that prayer for salvation of family members. Because um, I can look at, you know, my family and my stepmom is Jewish my dad is not Christian, um, and they made that decision years ago before I even had little brothers, um, how they were going to do the family dynamic. And so in my mind, I'm like, God, I want them to be saved. I just don't see how because, you know, my dad's like, bro, I saw you. He didn't say bro. He's his son. Uh, I saw you basically come into this world. So what can you tell me that I don't know? Um, basically. And so I just want to just put on there every week prayer for salvation for family members, because I was asking God, I don't know what to do. And he's like, are you praying for salvation consistently for them? And I was like, okay, well, guess that's what I'm going to need to do. Um, yeah, I got 11 deep, bro. I need a lot of praying. Yeah. And just, just, we'll, we'll, let's just constantly pray for salvation for our family members. Um, cause I don't okay. know what to do. Because uh, I look in the scripture, and the scripture says there's no prophet in his in his a prophet is not a prophet in his own land. And I'm like, yeah, they know me, so yeah. it's hard. Um, all we can do is pray. What what other prayer requests we have? We are a little bit over time. 
I think that one ties it up. Okay. Because if anything, everybody who, who gets the opportunity to know God is like a blessing. So I say, I say, family, family, like, um, I don't want to say it. Family and friends. I say family and friends. Just people. Just people. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah, not just even my family, like everybody. Everybody, everybody in the, the club to, getting prayed for. Everybody get the chance to, to know God more. And mm-hmm. hopefully that leads to their salvation. Everybody, I guess, ain't gonna make it to heaven, but to know wow. God. <laughs> I mean, it's real talk. Hey, it's tight, but it's right. Like Lord, I know everybody gonna make to it. Say? Is that wrong but to say? Is that wrong to go? <laughs> Jesus looked. Some at people, people are on a warpath against God. You know. Jesus looked at like, people in the eye. He looked at someone in the face and said, "You are the son of. You're just like your father, the devil." I was like. Good, like, ouch! <laughs> like, it's there's one. I mean, where he like, this world is like a balance between good and evil. I, I would suspect some people do not go to heaven, but the, that's that. I'm not putting that into the universe, God. I'm just going to, by it, what I it's, see. It's, it's, I'm it's just written. going by what I see and what I hear. You know, like, the, the, I'm not speaking on it. I'm the not path like is narrow. It's, it's it's true. Oh, another thing you I wanted to mention. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I do. Um, I. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to say, um, God has patience. So when we're asking to go to the original question, why did you know these evil things happen to kids and everybody? Um, God has patience. There's a scripture that talks about not sifting all of the wheat, not taking the weeds out, because if he sends his angels to cut, um, it might cut down some of the wheat with the weeds, and he's just waiting until the end to get them all up. Um, so he has patience and, and, and there's many scriptures where it says vengeance is the Lord's and don't worry because he's going, he's going to handle it. Um, so we just gotta, we gotta trust in God, trust him with all your heart. I'm going to pray for us, um, because we are six minutes over, um, from when we started and, uh, let's do this. And Lord, forgive me. I want everybody to go to heaven. I just want to pick that up. Hey, I do too. When I was younger, I, there was a, there, I'm real talk. There was a time when I used to pray for the devil because I wanted everybody to get saved. And I was like, yeah. let's pray for him. Um, and I got a little older and a little wiser. And I was like, yeah, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, pray for people. <laughs> pray, so, yeah, pray for people who are on this, you know, pray for humans and animals, too. Um, all right. Uh, Ro, did you want to or Hope, did either one of you want to pray us out today? Um if you do, I will post the four topics. They're on our document, but I'll post them in the chat. Or do you want me to, to do it this week? I can pray. Okay. Okay. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray you move by your Holy Spirit, Lord. I want to, first of all, thank you for allowing us to gather in this place where uh, like-minded, spiritual anointing people can come and uh, cherish the fruits of your word and uh, embellish in them from one perspective to another in unison and in, in, in accord. Um, thank you, God, because I really, truly feel spiritual nourishment in my soul. And, and that just means the fruit of the vine uh, exists within this group. So I thank you for that, Jesus. Um, I want to take this opportunity to pray for people. So let's talk about increase. Uh, let us allow our voices to carry on to the hearts and minds of others, specifically non-believers, because the destination and the journey is for everybody to reach their salvation. Uh, we don't want to just be the children walking in Christ. We also want to herd in that one sheep that's away from the 99. So let us increase in our 
population and, and people within this group so that more like-minded individuals can be uh, among in your presence, Lord. And then let's take opportunity to once again break bread and give thanks to you, Father God, for all that you do, for all that you are. Um, we sincerely from the bottom of our hearts appreciate how each and every one of us have a testimony that has come full circle and as to why we believe, why we carry the faith, and why we want to pass the torch on so that others can know that um, I am that I am. You are that you are, Father God. And that as real as you are to each and every one of us, um, let everyone else's eyes see in a, in a spiritual realm and not a secular one, uh, how good it is on the other side, how good it is attached to your spiritual soul. Um, let us be able to reflect that to you, Lord. Um, reflect that from you onto them, Lord. And then um, maybe continue to have spiritual nourishment in other ways, not just the gathering of these Bible studies, but in our own personal individual time when we commune with you, um, we commune with loved ones, and when we commune on our destination and journeys to help other people become saved. Um, I want to pray for the manager at Rose Job. Uh, what a tragedy to hear such a devastating um, incident, Father God. But we know that if there is one person who can heal, anoint, and save uh, better than anybody else, it's you. Uh, we don't just trust man. We trust the God that works on man, through man, and with man. So we ask that you send anointing angels exponentially to just gather around that, uh, that family, that household, and even the doctors and the nurses that are in the medical facility right now trying to touch the induced brother-in-law who's in a coma, Father God. Uh, be that be that medical team in a spiritual sense that helps guide man into saving this family. Uh, we bring that to our congregation and our group um, as a prayer to uphold that family and help let them get back to uh, living just a healthy, happy life. And then uh, last but not least, we just want to pray for salvation of family members and friends and for people alike. Um, and understanding that we are fools without you, Lord, and understanding that there's no true life without you, God, and understanding that we are nothing without you, Father God. Uh, we understand the importance of our salvation, and we bring that to our communion today, Father God, to ask that you help us uh, be that light to our family members, be that light to our loved ones, be that light to our friends, and be that light to that stranger to pull them out of their dark despair and let them know that in Christ Jesus, you have grace, you have mercy, and you have a hope for a brighter future that says, yes, I've made mistakes, but I'm not worthless. Yes, I mess up from time to time, but that doesn't mean that I'm a complete failure. Yes, I'm still learning, but there's a possibility for me to, to, to learn in a way in which all is well. And I won't be bound to the chains of my sin and transgressions that keep me uh, from wanting to push forward and pursue all that God has promised to me in terms of prosperity, in terms of peace, in terms of hope, in terms of joy, in terms of that fruit of the vine, Lord. Uh, we want to give that that future, that spiritual that spiritual awakening to those who who lack it, to the non-believers, and whatever their faces look like. Whether it's a family, whether it's a friend, whether it's a stranger, we want to be that light to, to shine on them and be like, you are somebody, not just in a secular sense, or not just in a secular notion, but in a spiritual sense, 
You have a purpose, you have a calling, and you are somebody. You are a child of God. Let us bestow that upon them in a way in which they can receive it so they can walk fruitfully like we have done towards our salvation. We give you thanks and we give you praise, Jesus, and we give you all the glory and honor forever and ever, Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, thank you, everybody. Just a announcement about next Tuesday, uh, the day after MLK Day, um, we are going to be talking about what happens when you do everything right and it still goes wrong. Um, the four things we're going to be touching on, we're going to be touching on John the Baptist when he basically said to Jesus, I'm your cousin, I've been doing all this stuff, and I'm in prison, are you going to come save me? Um, that's one. We're going to be talking about Hosea, um, where God told him, I want you to go and marry a prostitute um, and have prostitute kids, because that is a representation of how I feel with the Israelites, um, how they treat me. Yeah. Um, next, we're going to be talking about um, Job a little bit, what he did. And the fourth one, um, I forgot, but I, I shall remember um, for next time. But yeah, so oh, next man, week. This sounds good. This sounds good, brother. <laughs> next week, we'll be talking about what happens when you do everything right and it still goes wrong. <laughs>